0: Welcome to the Ozaki Family Wellness Podcast, a guide to finding wellness resources in Ozaki County. Your host, Dr. Camille Berger, will interview a local business or care provider each week to provide you with resources, information, and connections for your family's wellness. As a family chiropractor in Cedarburg, Dr. Berger wants to empower you to take charge of your family's health and wellness. Of course, she would love to hear what you want to learn about and who you want to hear from. To submit a request, head over to ozakifamilywellness.org and hit the contact button to send an email. Or leave us a review and let us know what you think. We can't wait to hear from you. So stay tuned, hit subscribe, sit back, and enjoy. In this episode, Dr. Camille introduces us to Nick Lynch of Superb Health. They will discuss a holistic approach to exercise and weightlifting, focusing on the whole person to structure a workout around their physical and emotional needs and abilities. Nick also talks about mindful movement and his transition of becoming a father and what that meant for his exercise routine. This episode was previously recorded during the Wisconsin Safer at Home order.
1: Today I'll be interviewing Nick. He is really focusing on integrating mindfulness into exercise. So Nick, please just start with telling us about um, your journey uh, to how you got to where you are now and um, how you found your passion to build your business, Superb Health.
2: Sure. Um, I started as a trainer in 2001 and I was working at a gym that focused primarily on lifting Um, population was 99% men. And, um, I did a lot of work on bringing women into weightlifting because at the time women pretty much just did cardio and yoga. And, um, as that evolved over the, the next five or six years, I started to notice, um, a trend in people that were exercising would oftentimes find themselves with aches and pains. From doing boot camp style workouts which i was teaching um, crossfit was new to the scene and uh, so between boot camps and crossfit's and yoga studios exploding i started seeing a lot more injuries but i didn't know what to do and so i ended up referring people out mainly to physical therapists and chiropractors um, which helps a lot but the injuries would keep coming back and it was becoming clear to me that it was the movement patterns it was um, the exercise patterns and the movement patterns that were destructive. Um, and then going deeper than that, it was it was also the emotions that people were bringing to the table. Um, they might have come in stressed out um, or disturbed about something that happened in the day or the week or the month. And they're carrying that in their bodies. And I didn't know what to do about that. I could see it, but I wasn't sure what to do about it. So I started asking questions. You know, how how can I help these people? Um, how can I continue to work with chiropractors and physical therapists, to to, um, help assist me in, in guiding people to heal themselves physically and emotionally. And, and so, uh, I think naturally for a lot of people, at least for me, that led me more down an Eastern path, <clears throat> a lot of, uh, Eastern weightlifters um, they incorporate more things than just how much weight can you lift for how fast and for how many reps. Um, they certainly don't compete over working out. It's more of like a holistic approach to strength training. It's more meditative. And so uh, that led me to studying Russian kettlebells and calisthenics. Um, And all of those incorporated a lot of breathing methods and hand and foot strength and where are your emotions in your body and and what are you bringing to the table? Um, And so uh, couple that with being raised by a chiropractor who had a very deep understanding of the nervous system and let's see studying buddhism for 17 years now putting that all together kind of created a a unique style of strength training
1: awesome that's that's very unique um looking at emotions and how that relates to to your exercise and your movements can you can you tell us a little bit more about that
2: yeah it's everything i mean like I have a really broad range of clientele from like 13-year-olds to 80-year-olds, and they all have the same stuff going on in their bodies. There really isn't a difference between like a Division I college hockey player and an 80-year-old grandma, right? Like they're dealing with the same stuff. Like if they have fear in their body, they're tense. And so if they're tense and I have them doing all this upper body stuff, it's just exacerbating the tension, right? The mm-hmm. exercise isn't the solution they might have to go through a series of breathing exercises to get that tension out first before we can progress into the exercise. Because if somebody has stored tension or stored emotions in their body, it doesn't matter which exercise I give them, it's not gonna be right. It's going to be destructive and they're gonna have problems. So first things first, is guiding people to understand where they're storing emotions in their body, how they're breathing, um, and then understanding, uh, connecting those dots.
1: Wow. That's, that's really neat. So, um, that kind of leads me into my second question for you. Uh, what, what makes training with you different than the typical, uh, camp style, CrossFit style, or even yoga, which does focus on breathing. Um, what sorts of things do you do that's different?
2: Well, my slogan's defined by you. And so that means that each individual defines their movements within an exercise. So like, let me give you an example. Pretty common trigger is if a woman comes in to work out and I say, we're going to do pull-ups. I see the, the tension in her body immediately. She freaks out. Um, and because in, in her mind, she's been taught that a pull-up is hang from a bar and pull your, your chin up over the bar, right? Well, that's just false, right? Like a pull-up is you hang from the bar and you pull in the direction above. up. Now, that person's feet might be on the ground. Maybe let's say they're 100 pounds overweight and they haven't worked out in 20 years. And just holding on to the bar, looking up and applying tension, thinking about going up is pulling in the direction of up. So, therefore, it's a pull up. It's their pull up, right? And mm-hmm. I've seen people start with their own custom pull up. And then in a year's time, they're actually doing you know, full range of motion, full range of motion would be like, you know, full stretch with elbow locked out and then chin up over the bar. But if I tried to have like a lot of the boot camps or CrossFits and things like that, they, they might have you skip those steps and go right to like kipping your legs to get up over the bar or using resistance bands to get up over the bar or having someone hold your legs and lift you up over the bar. That's skipping the, corrective movement patterns and the constructive exercise patterns. It's skipping two steps. So when you do those things, when you have someone do full range of motion, when they're not ready to, it puts way too much stress on their joints and their ligaments. And that's how people end up getting hurt. But by having somebody do what they can do, they're processing that information to their nervous system and their ligaments and their joints are learning how to be able to support that weight within that movement. And over time, they'll naturally develop the strength to move an extra inch or two until they get full range of motion.
1: That's great. So you're really seeing the person where they are and honoring where their body is and meeting them there and helping them to use what they have to build more. And that's reducing the risk of injury. Mm -hmm. Um, And what, what other benefits is there to doing that?
2: Well, then additionally... You know, if somebody has fear of a pull-up, let's say, right, or anxiety or whatever, um, anger, sadness, whatever emotions come up, they simultaneously get to learn where they put emotions in their body and how their their emotions affect them physically, right? So then there's no longer this concept of, like, mental, physical, emotional, right? People get to align themselves, and alignment really is the key here, right? Like if somebody's aligned, then they feel really great, right? If you, let's say you joined a high intensity exercise class where the objective was to do X amount of weight, X amount of reps for X amount of time, right? And you see that 30 other people in the room are all competing to get X amount of reps, weight, and time. And you see that numerically people are ranked based on that, right? Well, immediately you're going to put aside how the exercise feels, and you're going to just start thinking, where's my name on the list, right? So it turns into a competition. So then what you've done is you've separated, you separated, you're shutting down your emotions. Even if something hurts, you're just putting it out of your head so that you can get on that board or you can be a number, right? And that's that's basically teaching yourself that you don't matter. Your emotions don't matter. It's similar to when people say first world problems. It's like, it's your problem, though, so it yeah. matters, and you should honor it. So, you know, you're you're learning how to honor your emotions with this type of training. And if you honor your emotions, then you can honor what you physically can do because your emotions might be telling you today was like a pretty rough day, and I'm just not feeling it. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling deflated. You know, um, I'm, I'm just I've got nothing in the tank, but I know I need to move right. Mm -hmm. So in honoring that, that basically defines how the training program is going to be. So let's say maybe somebody could normally do three full pull-ups, like full range of motion. But today, because they have all that stress up here, you know, and they've got a headache because all that stress and they've been in their head all day long. And you give them a pull-up that um, they can't do that day. They're going to feel really bad about themselves because yesterday they could do three. Today they can't do any. So it's, it's re-triggering that that thought of I can't do it, right? But my job as an instructor, my, my responsibility is to recognize where a person's at and guide them to their glory wherever they are. So if they're having a day like that, it's my job to catch that and say, today, we're just going to hang from the bar and take deep breaths in your belly. And I promise you, because I've seen it 100% of the time, when a person is honored like that, they end up feeling really good. So then they learn that their emotions matter. They learn that they matter. And then so confidence goes up.
1: That's awesome. I love that, that's great. Shifting gears here a little bit. You have a young family, two kiddos. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping you could tell us how you've incorporated mindful movement into your daily life with them.
2: That was tough. Um, when we had the first kid, Weston, he's six and a half. It was a lot easier because there's just Natalie, Weston and I. Um, and, you know, my my business was just it was just myself. Uh, we grew a lot since then. You know, we went to having a staff of people and payroll and all that stuff. And, um, and then we had our second daughter. And for both my wife and I it was a pretty traumatic experience. The whole process, you know, Natalie was really sick. Uh, for the first trimester with hyperemesis in and out of the hospital and we bought our first house and it was just it was really traumatic and um um so we we both at least i'll speak for me i gained weight you know i had a really difficult time finding finding time to exercise when am i gonna prepare my meals i mean i went off the deep end for me Um, i think i gained like 23 pounds um I didn't. I didn't feel good, right? So at, at first, I just I didn't really like. I just put everything else first and forgot all about myself. Um, as as I started to have negative symptoms like regular headaches and fatigue and stuff, that's when I got really serious because I realized that nobody's going to be able to fix me, right? Like um, adjustments would help, but you know I wasn't changing what I needed to change, which was my nutrition, which was my my move, my exercise consistency, my sleep. Um, so once I changed those things, then the adjustments really did their job. Um, and all of those issues went away naturally, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been able to incorporate much better as of late um, this last year in particular. So I'm not one to, in, in regards to incorporating it with my kids, I'm not one to to push them to do anything. I think that's more of like the Buddhist approach is just let them be. And um, that's tough for me sometimes because I was a hockey player for 18 years of my life and and played, you know, semi-professionally and all that. And so I was just assuming my kids would be hockey players, but like, like Weston has no interest. He's a scientist, right? He's even got the crazy hair and the glasses. and (laughs) And so that's a lot of fun, right? I I get to know him as like this new human being that looks like me. So it's um, so I don't really, they they just kind of do it on their own and I just try to get out of their way, you know? And uh, as a parent though, with, with what's going on now, for me, it's like just outdoors all the time. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, kettlebells are like the best because you need one. Like, The other day, Natalie and I were in the driveway with the kids riding their bikes around the cul-de-sac and we did 100 snatches in five minutes with the kettlebell. And Then uh, she towed the kids and I jogged, uh, did a five mile run. So it's like super efficient and easy way to do it. There's a a major art form to learning how to do kettlebells in a way that are um, healthy, right? And it's not the Americanized version that, that has been popularized. It's the Russian style of kettlebells that's been around for hundreds of years. And that way is with, with deep breathing and uh, movement through the hips. So your posture and your lungs and your cardiovascular system, thank you.
1: Awesome. So I think that's the, the first part of your story that you are telling us it is a pretty common thing with parents. Um, you become a new parent and you have this new little being that depends on you for everything. And you really start to forget about yourself and having the awareness that you are in control of your health, your wellness, your body, your healing is, is huge. That's, that's when we can, can make our way into healing. Um, Yeah. And that's not something anyone can do for you. So it's really great that you were able to find that out and make that decision early in in parenthood instead of waiting until your kids were going to college. So that's that's awesome insight. Thanks so much for that. Yeah. Um, and then
2: and in, line, in regards to that, too, like. One thing I should add, and you just reminded me of it, is throughout that process, I, I didn't give up on myself. Like I, I kind of accepted that this is the way it's going to be for a little bit. It just, it kind of had to be, you know? Um, and I was okay with that, you know? And, and when I wasn't okay with it is when I made the change, but I was always aware that this is just the way it's going to be for a little while. And, and the other thing is, I went into it very healthy. So I knew I had room, room to budge there. And I, and I think it's important not to give up on oneself. Like it's okay to look at reality and say, you know, I'm not going to make the gym for two hour workouts, five days a week, unless I'm sacrificing my relationship with my spouse or my kids, which is a choice that we'd have to make. Right. But I think temporarily it sacrifices fine. As long as you're aware that you trust yourself, you know, you trust and you have faith that the right thing when the time comes. I think that's important. Yeah,
1: great. I wanna come back to the comments that you made about kettlebells and influencing your cardiovascular system. And can you tell me more about how that type of exercise, that mindful breath with weightlifting influences the body overall and what positive effects does it have on your body?
2: Yeah. Well, the, the way that I'm talking about kettlebells, right? I'm going to call it uh, hard style kettlebells. And in order to do, let's just say like a hard style kettlebell swing that requires that your, your shoulders kind of take a back seat. So there's no neck or shoulder tension. So that means there's no shrugging. And it also means your arms relax, So there's no lifting with your arms. Your arms don't do anything. Your arms just kind of support the weight. What's doing the work is your hips. Your hips go into a full full hip hinge. So that means your knees have no forward bending. So then that means your knees are are safe. There's no damage on the the kneecaps, right? There's no pressure on the quads, right? The front of your legs don't really do anything. It's not a squat. There's no squat, there's no shrug, there's no lifting, and your hands stop at your shoulder level. They don't go overhead, right? So basically all of this is relaxed. All the, all the tension goes into your belly, your hips, your pelvic floor muscles get full range of motion. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like 90% hip range of motion, and so what that means is, is all the primary muscle groups in your body are doing the work. And the kind of breath you have to think, think about what that means, if all of this has to stay relaxed, it means you're not, you're not breathing up into the body, you're breathing down. And so if you're breathing down into your belly, a deep diaphragmatic breath, then that means when you hinge your hips and you breathe in your pelvic floor muscle elongates to its full stretch. So you get full range of motion in the pelvic floor muscles. Now, you know, an inversion table, Mm -hmm. basically like, you know, the, where's my hand? Yeah. The sacrum goes this way and the head goes this way, right? That's a, that's a hard style kettlebell swing. When the kettlebell goes between your legs in a full hip hinge with the diaphragmatic breathing, your sacrum goes back behind you. And the top of your head stretches up and forward away from you. So all of your vertebrae stretch. Awesome. Yeah. And so you right. couple that with full, full lung capacity, right? So that means you're getting full range of motion in your lungs, your ribs. So you're getting full oxygenation. Think about what that mm-hmm. means. I mean, athletes pay big bucks to blood dope, right? Yeah. <laughs> with oxygenation comes blood flow. You get to do it for free without doping and getting banned from sports. But first you have to learn how to breathe. And next you have to learn how to swing a kettlebell. Yeah. I'll tell you mo- most of my teaching, whenever I get a like a new athlete in, in particular an athlete, right? Or a parent um, that's been that says I've done kettlebell swings before. And if they're American, it takes way longer to teach them how to actually do a kettlebell swing. Right. Then if it's somebody that has never done a kettlebell swing before, because they learned how to, they learned how to do a kettlebell swing by squatting and going quad dominant and lifting with their arms and pulling the weight up. So we have to reverse engineer all that. But what's really interesting is if I get somebody from from Europe or Asia, they're so used to moving through their hips and breathing deep that they learn the swing in like a minute.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as, as you were describing it, I was like, how do you even do that to trying to, you know, put my, think about my body through that, that motion. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. I'll have to try. <laughs> I'll
2: tell you, it, I, I, was pretty, I was pretty frustrated when I first tried to learn it because being, you know, like an elite athlete and an experienced trainer, I thought I knew how to do everything already. Mm-hmm. And then I have this Russian instructor, uh, Pavel Tatsui. And uh, he called me a muscle-bound idiot. <laughs> and, uh, and he was right because everything I did, I would lift my shoulders up or I, would, or I would like try and pull from my pec. Because at the time, my pecs and my traps and my shoulders and my biceps were so much bigger because I would, I would spot target these muscle groups, right? Mm-hmm. Because in America, that's what we see in movies and in magazines and things like that. So to us, that becomes a pinnacle of strength. That's yeah. not strength. That's, that's bulking up your assister muscle groups. And when you bulk up your assister muscle groups, you end up taking away from your primary muscle groups, which are like, you know, back here, your lats, your butt, you know, your hip muscles and the glutes, all that, they can't function properly if you, get, if you drink, train your assister muscle groups too much. So I was always pulling from my chest and my neck and my traps. And so I actually physically couldn't do a kettlebell swing until about three months later, because I had to reverse engineer my body. Wow. Mm-hmm. That takes
1: a lot of patience to go through that and learn how to do it.
2: And pain because it brought up, it brought up a lot of scar tissue that had accumulated in my shoulders from doing stuff like upright rows, dumbbell raises, you know, 90 degree presses, yeah. um, cleans, doing all that shrugging and bringing the bar up. Um, you know, having a wrist bent when I'd go overhead and and stopping here with my elbow, like all that stuff had created so much issues in my elbows and shoulder joints and wrists, I didn't even realize was there. But once we got going with um, um, more of the hard style, the Russian style, it it exposed all of those weaknesses and tightnesses. And and it definitely took at least three months to learn how to do a swing, but I would say it took two years practicing regularly before I had full range of motion on my joints and therefore flexibility. And I'll say that happened without stretching.
1: Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, with chiropractic care too, we see sometimes you get worse before you get better because you have to retrace through that.
2: Yes, And do. that,
1: and that's, that's a hard thing for people to accept sometimes and two, like thinking about it, two years is a long time, but how long did it take you to get to that point of dysfunction? Essentially, it, right. it was probably a lot longer than two years. Yeah.
2: It was a whole upbringing. That, that's just kind of how we train people in this country and, and, train our, our young athletes and um, in gym class and all that. I mean, you remember the president's tests? Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. And, and so who comes up with those standards, right? Like who are the people that create these standards? What
1: are their intentions? So absolutely no idea. Honestly, right. it, it's none of it seems fair or even as useful information. <laughs> right, right. All right. So tell me a little bit more about um, Superb Health. At this time, are you offering virtual services and, and um, what sorts of things are you doing as we have to remain social, socially distanced?
2: Yeah, a lot of people have me doing FaceTime with them um, for in-home sessions and I create training programs for them and we modify it on a weekly basis if they want. Um, A lot of people have me with that doing like 15 minute check-ins with them where we'll just log in like this and I'll review some of their technique. A lot of people are doing nutrition right now because uh, I'm pretty well versed in going whole food plant based. That's what I do. And that's become ever since Game Changers came out, a lot of people become more interested in it, which is great. Uh, So doing a lot of nutrition work with people and uh, vulnerability work, that's a big part of my, my work. I have, um, I have four, four high level athletes that have all done this vulnerability work with me for a long time. And what that looks like is they want to move forward in their career. Right. And they keep metaphorically hitting their head against the wall. And so we look at what that wall is emotionally, like what are, what are triggers for them? What are things that have, that have held them back? And, and we, dissect them, and we figure out how to use those things to move them forward. And so that usually uh, turns into like, what are your triggers that happen throughout the day? And it usually turns into a meditation of some sort to explore those triggers and those experiences that have happened in their past and looking at how they're affecting them in the present. Um, What else? And some people are scheduling straight up FaceTime personal training appointments. Okay. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, it's so great that you're still able to support people virtually Um, and stress, stress levels right now are through the roof. Um, My patients that are continuing to come get adjusted, their bodies are just completely different than what, what they have been. So definitely continuing to work on movement and breath and stress through this time is so important. So it's so great that you're able to do that still.
2: Oh yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Awesome. All right. So, um, where can we find you on social media or the internet or email?
2: Um, well there's, there's the website, superbhealthmke.com. Okay. Um, I've had that scrolling. Yeah. We, I'm not really much of a social media person. I've tried many times. I think Today, I logged on for the first time in like 10 days. <laughs> um, but you can email me or you can call. Those are the best ways. I'm very personal with people. That, that's kind of my specialty is, is personal. So,
1: Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Awesome. And you have an excellent um, series of videos that you're sending out through email right now, too. So if, if people were to go to your website, would they, would they find the email sign up easily?
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've been sending those out every few days. Mm-hmm. Fun, You know, just a quick yeah. video, like a two or three minute video about usually breathing techniques and coordinating breathing techniques with movement patterns and thought patterns, kind of putting it all together. Cause I agree. I mean, people are cooped up indoors on their devices and, and most of the news out there is it's not like I'm seeing a lot of, I like, I would like to see numbers like, um, percentage increase in volunteer time, right? I would like to see how many people have volunteered goods or, or income, you know, things like that. It, I'm not hearing about those numbers, but I'd like to hear about more of those kinds of numbers that can uplift us. And so I'm trying to do that with our newsletter and our videos to send out like little little tidbits of things that have been proven um, through extensive research to help improve your immune system. You know, in case you do get sick, right? Like real possibility, right? And if you Mm -hmm. do, we want you to be the best equipped as possible to handle it. And so there's a lot of things out there that from very credible sources, Harvard's done a ton of extensive research on stuff. And I've been citing them a lot because they do a lot on breath work and meditation. And it's Harvard.
1: Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Well, and what a better time than this time when we're at home and we don't have other obligations other, you know, other than what's already at home to, to work on our nutrition and work on our movement and breath and relaxation and stress relief and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity that, I mean, hopefully we'll never have again. So might as well take advantage of it, see the good and do good. I love that. That's great. Mm -hmm. All right. So anything else you want to add before we, we sign off?
2: Um, thank you.
0: Yeah, oh,
1: well, thanks. So, you know, thanks so much for coming and doing this with me. This is I'm I'm really excited. We have some other interviews lined up as well. Um, and hopefully we can get some good out on social media, some positivity and help empower people to take charge of, of their own health.
2: Yeah, well, and and that's it. You know, to be specific about what I'm thanking you for is that um, I know you're a mother with the three kids, and I know this is a stressful time as a business owner because it's all unknowns, and um, and you you could just wallow, but you you know you're trying things, and and this works. This is a really cool thing you're doing, and this is what the world needs. And um, so I'm thankful that you invested your time and your life energy into making this happen and that you thought of me. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh well, thanks so much. it's It's been my pleasure to have this chat with you and um, we'll we'll have to do it again sometime and maybe maybe get get the kids and Natalie in on it too because they're a lot of fun. So yes.
2: let's do that. <laughs> let's we, do what it. we can do with that too is is we could turn it into one of your questions, which was incorporating um, movement with the kids right? So we, we could do this again and just go through a bunch of things like that. That'd be fun.
1: Sounds great. And kids, are, kids just have natural functional movements and we can learn, learn so much from them. So that would definitely be fun.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much and we'll see you again soon.
2: Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ozaki Family Wellness Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Watch for future episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. If there is someone that you would like to hear on the podcast, please visit ozakifamilywellness.org to contact us. There is also a link in the episode description. This podcast has been produced and edited by Easy Street Media.
2: Christmas. Cool.